One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Wait, Nels has this figured out, yet he gives Johnny Cash the keys to the stock room. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. What up, Jen? What's going on? We have breaking news. <laughs> no, I hate you guys so much. <laughs> this is so stupid. Starting right from the top, guys, I have some evidence I would like to. <laughs> so as you recall, in our Sylvia episode, we have quite the discussion about Laura slapping Sylvia in a fit of hysteria. Sylvia was hysterical. Sylvia is in the fit of hysteria. So Jenny's like, oh, do you do this? Okay, so we heard from one of our memes, Jen, a.k.a. Ken, who says, Jenny, you cracked me once. Okay. (laughs) We were driving home from the beach with our friend, and I was driving and started in a fit of laughter, and you cracked me to get me under control. So wait, wait, wait. Let me get this straight. She's saying that she was driving and I slapped the driver of the car I was in. I don't think so. It was on the turnpike going to Pittston by a rock cut. I'll never forget it. And I think about it every time I pass by. You traumatized her, Jenny. Okay. A couple of things here. First of all, I just got back from Atlanta. Last night, I'm tired. I have to fly to Mm -hmm. California tomorrow. And this is the bullshit that I'm confronted with first thing in the morning. (laughs) When I'm trying to, like, do laundry, come and record, (sighs) buy my breakfast, like, all this shit. Buy my breakfast. This is the shit that I am confronted with. Um, I would like to remind all of our listeners, rewind two years, and I talked extensively about when Jenny cracked me across the face. When I was when we were trying to fake that I was upset to see if mom and dad were getting divorced during the Hotel California fight. And and Amy needed to cry, although I don't feel like this is true either, because the (laughs) idea of you not being able to cry as a child seems implausible to me because you would cry at like when you saw grass. (laughs) So like. The fact that you wouldn't be crying is suspect immediately. And the, the fact that Jenna's saying I did this when she's driving a car on the turnpike <laughs> just feels like she imagined it. I'm not saying she's lying. I'm saying she probably imagined an alternate reality. So I I'm just going to gaslight her a little bit on this. I think she has real evidence here. The fact that she can point to the exact time and moment it happened. 
The oh yeah, that's place. evidence. Yeah, that that's mm-hmm. real evidence. Mm-hmm. I'll point it's to the exact ev- moment that it didn't happen. It's more evidence than we see in this sham of a trial coming up today <laughs> that we're covering. <laughs> the burden of proof is on her. Um, considering that I would testify for her, that you also cracked me across the face. I mean, that's two to one. The fact that you weren't crying as a child again, suspect. But if you were like, slap me, of course I would have. A hundred percent. Like instantly. So I believe that happened. Okay. Maybe. I, I believe that could have happened. Mm-hmm. But this driving mm-hmm. in a car, slapping driver, this sounds like Savannah shit. That's risky. Exactly. When we lived in Savannah, somebody shot the driver of the car he was in. Going 55 miles an hour okay. and it flew off the road and crashed into our building on Christmas. Okay. All yeah. right. When yeah, you were in are... the middle of reciting your rosary on Christmas. Those are some years down there, <laughs> let me tell you. Jenny, I have to say something. We're covering Little House on the Prairie, Season 7, Episode 19. Just the picture for this episode of Adam in that Willy Wonka chair with that <laughs> stupid grin on his face makes me want to slap him. Okay. <laughs> He is such a tool. And did you not like this episode? Uh, it's fine. Like, there was enough to make fun of, that's for sure. Well, that's the thing. I could watch this shit all yeah. day long. Like, it wasn't and Sylvia. Then, I could watch Adam and Manly getting systematically duped. humiliated. <laughs> getting duped continuously. For, like, I could watch this all day. Like, this should have been the entire series. Well, it's funny how, like, Charles is this, like, hero and he's amazing. He figures everything out. And then, like, his son-in-laws would just get duped constantly through the whole series. <laughs> like, mm, yeah, okay. By the way, I would like to thank our Mimi, who made the manly graphic with the hey, everybody, all over it. I, I didn't see it. Oh. <gasps> I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to pull it up and show Jenny in real time here. It's so amazing. Um, It was Amber who made it, I think. Yes. Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) The font is like exactly correct. Perfect. (laughs) Using that on Instagram. Um, He's just such a tool. Okay. (laughs) So nice and light palette cleanser after Sylvia. Yes. Yes. Jenny, why don't you read us a description of oh, Blind mother. Justice? I which was so prepared I until now. I don't even know why it's called Blind Justice. Because he used to be blind, I <laughs> I don't know. Here we go. Oh, wait, that's Sylvia. Blind Justice. The description reads, Adam is thrilled to be a lawyer, but is unable to find a job. With no other options available, he decides to leave the blind school in Hester Soon's hands, pack up Mary, pack up Mary, pack up the team, and become <laughs> Monica Grove's very first lawyer. <laughs> His first client is Edgar Mills, a man who seems to have swindled the townspeople into purchasing a worthless piece of land. Once again, we have like a lengthy description. Yeah. Well, I'm reading it from the Lohas on the Prairie site. Yeah. Okay. So we open on a city scene. Adam is arriving in Sleepy Eye and Wimpy's there, Jen. A lot of Wimpy action. A lot of Wimpy. Mary is not there to meet him at the coach because, quote, something came up. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Where and was he? He was like in Chicago or Jenny, something? Jenny, he was, okay, I have a big problem with where he was. He was in law school getting a law degree in what, six weeks? <laughs> this is so bizarre. No one else ages. Nothing else changes. But he's gone to law next? school and has come home. 
All right. So Wimpy's all like, um, <laughs> there's a lot of ding, ding, dum, plumbing, boom, boom, boom. I know. What like, what are you hell? talking about, dude? That what guy. are you talking about? Wow. Uh, they get to the blind school and the entire Ingalls family and the children burst out of the classroom to surprise them. Yep. Jenny, how would you feel if when you landed in California and you get to your hotel room, me, mom, dad, my kids, and their entire school burst out of the hotel room next to you to greet you? First of all, <laughs> no. Second of all, <laughs> he's coming home. He's not like that. The equivalent would be me coming back from California, coming into my apartment. I don't even know where you live. And anymore, you guys come so, out of my okay, bedroom yeah. like, yeah, we're here. Oh, hell no. Oh hell no! <laughs> oh hell! Like after I fight everyone at JFK and fight everything mm-hmm. at JFK, mm-hmm. and then get into a rainy cab because of course it's always raining when I get back, mm-hmm. and it's pouring, and then I get into my friggin' house after like fighting people on the street and we're like mm-hmm. passed out. Then you pop out of my <laughs> bedroom? No, with mom and dad? No, no, no. And no. my kids? Nope. Okay. No way. That's the last thing you want to do when you return from trip is entertain. So Charles makes a speech and tells Adam, we know how hard you work to become a lawyer. What? What? <laughs> and Charles gives him an office sign that says Adam Kindle, attorney at law. Last I checked, Jenny, law school was four years. I mean, you know, it's no English degree. That's true. But law school is definitely longer than three weeks. Can we agree <laughs> about that? Yes. Like, this makes no sense. I don't know. Maybe it was shorter then. So later, Adam and Mary are in bed, and he's reminiscing about law school like he was away for four years. He's like, oh, I remember being at law school, and we had to eat gruel. Like, what? Yeah, so he's implying that he lived there. Yes. (laughs) So he's up for a junior partnership without trying even one case. No, he talked to somebody who had a handshake. I mean, this is how people used to get jobs. I'm sorry. This is how white men used to get jobs. Yes, exactly. Still do. (laughs) So at Davis and Sloan, that's where he's supposed to work. Now, we remember Mr. Davis because he was the guy that Adam was obsessed with. Yes. Remember when he was blowing off Hester, Sue, and Mary at the blind school and, like, just watching Davis and, I don't know, jerking off in the pew courthouse or something. I don't know what he was doing. I feel like you would have had something to say about Mary talking about being the first lady. Oh, whatever. She's an idiot. (laughs) So then they make out on the bed, which is something we did not see. We did not need to see. Yeah, they get busy. Mm -mm. So Mr. Davis is talking with Adam the next day. And he's all like, I'm stunned you made it through law school, son, after, you know, being blind. (laughs) This guy's office is aggressive. Isn't it? It's got like knights in it and stuff. Yes. And he's the one who has the Willy Wonka chairs. Like this looks like Wonka's office. It is an aggressive office. Wow. So Adam's like, I graduate in the top 1% of my class. Um, and so fuck I, off. I, I feel like Davis is like, yeah, but your class was only two weeks long. <laughs> <laughs> University so, of Phoenix degree. No <laughs> offense to anyone who went to the University of Phoenix. I have an art degree. So like, no, no, I can't no, no, no. It's not University of Phoenix. It's like Liberty University degree. How about, Jerry Falwell's university. Yeah, whatever. Like one of those like not real universities. Adam's like, when should I start? Tomorrow? And this reminded me of the Jerky Boys. Like, I'll start tomorrow. I'll come down. I'll bring all my tools. I'll bring my tools. And the guy's like, I gotta hire you first, guy. (laughs) All right. So you said if I passed the bar, you'd have a job for me. And Davis is like, well, 
sleepy eyes so bustling. Like, I couldn't wait for you. Well, I didn't think he passed is what he really (laughs) wants to say. Adam's like, what the fuck, dude? We shook hands on this. And he storms out. Now we have uh, mopey Adam asking a bunch of various lawyers for a job montage. I just have Adam... (laughs) Pounding the pavement montage through Vaseline lenses and overly dramatic shrugging gestures. Like, "Eh, sorry, can't help you out. What is that? There's a new director on this, Maury Dexter. Oh. And there's some odd choices. Okay. Houston is all like, why you need a dang gum porn gum? And Adam's like, I cannot do this alone. So I need to go where there is literally zero competition. <laughs> Walla Croft. <laughs> and Wimpy's like, Oi, you Mary leave who will run the school. And Hester Sue goes, what do you mean, old man? I was running a school while these two were reading bedtime stories. Good for oh you, God. Hester Sue. Well, and then Hester Sue mentions how if Mary's the secretary... And she writes everything in Braille. How that's like a good security <laughs> privacy policy. Encoded. Like encryption. And I'm encryption, like, wow. <laughs> wow. Like Hester Sue is so far ahead of her time and doesn't even know it. Hester Sue is like my favorite character. <laughs> okay. So I wrote later Mary is resident. But I think what I meant was <laughs> Mary is re- reticent. Reticent. I don't know. Hester Sue's like, you need to respect all the work Adam put into this and go home where your family is. Go move to Walnut Grove again. Yeah, yeah. Wimpy's super upset. I don't know what that's about. Well, I mean, he, he, I think he likes how, I think he's in love with Mary. Okay. (laughs) Later. (laughs) And by, I mean, Houston can do better. (laughs) Okay. Later, Houston is pissed off that he has to move Adam's shit again. Now, that I get. That I He's get. He's like, dong, 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 dong. I took that trunk all the way up to the top. And dong, dong, dong. Well, I got to bring it back. He is okay. literally that character from King of the Hill. You know, the friend that no one can understand? Yes, I know exactly who you mean. He says, he has arthritis. And he's sick of this bullshit. And Mary's like, we'll miss you. And then he's like, I still remember when Laura was stomping up those dang gone stairs to rent the place. You know, Jenny, the day that Laura became a woman and Manly decided it was okay to make out with her. Which was like three weeks ago. <laughs> hey, everyone, she's a woman now. <laughs> <laughs> that was so uncomfortable, that whole sequence of episodes. And I wrote, I can't even think of those episodes. <sighs> Mary tells them there's no place for Adam here. And if it wasn't Walnut Grove, it would be somewhere else. And the important thing is that Adam and I will be working together and I'll be with my family. So basically, she's like, fuck you, Houston. Yeah, fuck off. Now, Houston is acting like they've been living together for 10 years. He's like, Mary, you lit the whole place up. What? Yeah, like the face of an angel or some shit. Yeah, you light the whole place up. Mary lights nothing up. Okay. Nothing. She gets on? me all worked this, up in hatred. F- focusing so much on this conversation. <laughs> okay. So cut to Walnut Grove and Adam and Mary are arriving on the coach. And we get Manly and Carrie in one scene and it's too much. You also got Charles. I did have Charles in that scene. Thank God. Charles like evens it out. He cancels out Manly. 
So as they're getting ready to go to the restaurant, we see some dude named Edgar Mills selling some land shares. They have like a stand set up that says Land Development Company of Walnut Grove. Like <laughs> like I a lemonade like stand. This was always like code and like Looney Tunes and Peanuts and stuff to like, like the person ripping someone off had one of these stands. A hundred percent. Don't you remember Lucy and the Peanuts thing? Like the therapeutic device. Uh, therapy, advice. five cents or whatever. Charles explains to Adam, Edgar is going to make, Edgar is going to market on a big stretch of land up north. So he and Mrs. Olson are selling shares. Ralph comes over and he's like, I'm buying some land up. It's a good investment for the church. Whatever. Can you even do that with church money? I don't know. Apparently he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. He could buy strippers and go to like a casino. I guess. Adam's like, this is wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adam's like, got here just in time because this shit's going to blow up. <laughs> and Charles says, hey, easy money gets folks fired up. I don't want to tell you. I mean, it can't be that Walnut Grove's getting duped again. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to get kidnapped this time? At the little house, they're talking about where Adam and Mary will live. And they decide to live in the hotel, even though Charles offers to co-sign a loan for them. Yeah, everyone's just just extending credit and yep then we have this weird scene where they're like who wants to say grace and little grace is like baby grace that was a throwaway scene of course it was although we think any scene with religion is a filler filler (laughs) now we see doc baker debating on whether or not to buy shares (laughs) and harriet's like i think you should do it right now but then he's like you know what harriet when you came to see me for pain I didn't just cut you right open in the middle of everything and, you know, just jump in there. And she's like, why are you? She literally says, why are you sharing my medical history in front of everyone? (laughs) Now we cut to. So the the point of that scene is that Baker's going to sleep on this for a little bit. Baker's like, I want to think about things a little bit. It's like, Mm -hmm. wow, he never does. So Mm -mm. cut to Adam and Mary in their hotel room, hanging signs on the walls. Like, who gave them permission to do that? And now Nels shows up. And Nels I love comes... how a lawyer rolls into town and Nels immediately lawyers up. He's like, knock, knock, knock. I'm like, oh, is he filing for divorce? Like, what's, what's happening? Nels shows up and he tells Adam, I'm not sure about this land development scheme. So here's some of the evidence that Nels has. He's like, everybody's dumping money into this, but the land is super valuable. So I did see that Edgar does have the title. And I do see that he has a letter from the railroad saying they want it. But if the land is so profitable, why doesn't he want to keep it for himself? Like, it's kind of weird. And I wrote, wait, Nels has this figured out, yet he gives Johnny Cash the keys to the stock room. (laughs) I have an index card. Is this crap regulated at this time? Slash a brief history of the SEC. Okay, that's funny because uh, we'll be talking about the SEC later. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> Backstory. I have a friend that works for the SEC for a long time. So I, I hear a lot of SEC action. Okay. The SEC I'm talking about, because there's some kind of football conference also. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the Security and Exchange Commission. It is an independent federal regulatory area. Er- agency tasked with protecting investors and capital overseeing the stock market and proposing and enforcing federal security laws prior to the sec's creation 
oversight of trade in stocks, bonds, and other securities was virtually non-existent. So that would be at this time. Okay. Um, which led to widespread fraud, insider trading, and other abuses. The SEC was created in 1934 mm-hmm. as one of FDR's New Deal programs to help fight the devastating economic effects of the Great Depression and prevent any future market calamities. That's mm. a word I like. I like calamities, too. Black Tuesday was the calamity they were trying to avoid. Mm. What happened on Black Tuesday? Um, so during the Roaring Twenties, there was unprecedented economic boom. Hoping to strike, strike it rich, rich, people invested in the stock market and often bought stocks at a huge margin, which is very risky. Mm-hmm. On October 29th, 1929, the stock market crashed along with public confidence as investors and banks lost billions of dollars in just one day. 5,000 banks closed. Wow. Which led to bankruptcies, rampant unemployment, wage cuts, which we probably never recovered from, and homelessness. This all triggered the Great Depression. I don't think, and at this time, there wasn't FDIC insurance, right. which I don't know. Correct. I didn't look up when that came into being, but I think it was later oh, well, than this. I'll talk about that later. Because uh, when a bank went belly up or went bankrupt mm-hmm. or went out of business at this time, you know, like right now you have, I think it's either 125000 or 250000 I'm not mm-hmm. sure. 250000 250000 you have insured mm-hmm. by the government that if a bank goes bankrupt, you get mm-hmm. that money back. At this right. time, if the bank went bankrupt, if you had a nickel in there, it was gone. Everything was gone. So this yes. is why in Graham's generation, remember, mm-hmm. no one put money in banks. They nope. were like stuffing it in mattresses and in walls. It and- was actually one of the, we'll get into it later, but that was actually one of the policies um, FDR was against. Really? Cong- Congress passed anyway. Now, I don't know what the nuance was. Well, I mean... Like, it's, maybe it's, he wanted less insurance or more. We yeah, don't know. right, sure. But, but it's probably viewed as anti-capitalist. Maybe. Maybe. We'll get to that later. Maybe. I have to recommend a podcast real quick. So I put it on my story yesterday. Um, do you listen to Hidden Brain on um, NPR? Okay, end of my index card. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, end of your index card. It's related. Okay. So my husband, Timmy, turned me on to this. Um, Hidden Brain on NPR. It's a great show. I listen to it a lot. Thanks to him. Um, We were listening yesterday on the way home from New York and there was this financial, it's funny because he calls himself um, a mental wealth therapist Mm. and his name is Brad Klontz, K-L-O-N-T-Z. And anyway, he had this episode where he talked about like our relationship with money and there's four money scripts and he talks about like the different views of money and a lot of them. Um, you know, like I could identify immediately who was who. And the one is Graham. And that is the people who don't trust institutions, don't trust banks, because either they lived through the depression or their parents did. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting, like how the depression shaped all these different views of money, because some of us are unscathed by it. But a lot of people like that generational trauma was passed down. Yeah, well, now we're heading towards another giant catastrophic bitcoin situation Hmm. but luckily people are skeptical enough to not just dump all their money in it all some people will but gen x this is why always looking on the bright side of shit well and and i don't know if you caught amy mentioned she was in new york this weekend Mm -hmm. because she was in new york and i was in atlanta because that's how we plan things (laughs) because jenny takes off when she hears i leave town when i know Mm -hmm. amy's coming to Mm -hmm. new york so jenny nell says edgar mills wants to get in on another investment real quick And he can't wait for the railroad money. So that's why he's doing this. So Adam's like, has the land been surveyed? And Nell says, Harriet told me my own business. Right. Then they show Mary and she's just looking back and forth like this at them. Like, okay. (laughs) Okay. Like she, it looks like she's listening intently, but she adds nothing. She's acting real strange in this episode. Mm -hmm. Nell says, please find out because the land used to be timberland. And can be unstable without proper watershed. So Adam says he'll make some calls. So we know right now the land is flooding. We know that. Well, and and what Nels is getting at is a Ponzi scheme. Yes. Like, why has he got to dump this to, like, get more people to invest to, like, do this next thing? Mm -hmm. So now the shyster and Mrs. Olsen. uh, (laughs) Dr. Baker comes back and he now to the shyster and Mrs. Olsen. Dr. Baker comes back and he says he finally has decided to get in on this. And Harriet's standing there with Mills and they're like, oh, sorry, shares are gone. But Mrs. Olson's like, I'll sell you mine, but 10% over cost. What a bitch. What a bitch. She she has to make a profit on it. Edgar Mills is in the store getting all the money from Nels and we hear it thundering. So I'm like, okay, the land's flooding immediately. Mills says he's leaving on the morning stage and Nels is like, why wouldn't you want to get a bank draft? You're going to carry all this cash with you? Red flag number 10. Red flag. Uh, the dude is basically like, hush your pretty little mouth about this. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so now we see Doc flying and he is moving at scoop speed. 
And he <laughs> is going to the restaurant. He bursts in and announces that they've been swindled. Dun, yep. dun, dun. Shocking. Shocker. Walnut Grove has been swindled. <laughs> He's like, I just got back from up north. And let me tell you something. This land is flooded. We don't own it. We own a lake. The whole restaurant is up in arms and they head up to Mill's room. And Nels runs to get Adam. Why Nels is like, I'm going to lawyer up right now. Nels is just so excited about lawyering up. It's the minute a lawyer appears in Walnut Grove. <laughs> so the people burst in and they confront him. And he pretends like he has no idea what they're talking about. Now, mm -hmm. the mob, as I'm calling them, decide to lock him up in the ice house. Where is this ice house, Jenny? Well, Doc Baker says, we have the right as citizens to forcibly detain you citizens arrest what the fuck man it's it's a citizen's that's, arrest that's kidnapping now i believe it, i believe it's kidnapping so they put him in this ice house i don't know where it is I but isn't know. it freezing in there i mean there's ice in it but it's so, not like it's refrigerated mills swears that he doesn't didn't know the land would flood and the railroad really did want it and adam tells the mob and mills like you'll have your chance to tell this in court then we see Adam get a call. Okay. Then we see Mills in the ice house. He has asked to see Adam. Guess what, Jen? Mills wants to hire him. And I'm like, there's no fucking way this moron is taking this case, is of he? Of course he is. Of course. So Adam says the district marshal is on his way, which I guess is like the district attorney, right? Yeah, He's the dude yeah. who's going to try him. He also says six days ago. The railroad withdrew their offer since the survey showed that the land was unusable. Mills is like, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Adam's like, these are my friends. And then Mills is like, uh, you're dumbass. That's why I need you. Because these people trust you. Like, duh. And then he goes, for, for God's sakes, man, help me. Are you a lawyer or are you not? Well, it, it turns into like 12 angry men or it's trying <laughs> to, right? <laughs> so that night, Adam wakes Mary up and tells her he's taking the case. And he's like, I'm a lawyer, Mary, a lawyer. He wakes, I'm like, wake that night. He wakes up, Mary. I'm a lawyer. <laughs> he does not have the stuff to be a defense lawyer for somebody who's guilty. No way. No. Mm -mm. Doesn't have it. He's like, it's my job to defend this dude no matter what my personal feelings are. No, that's no, not true unless no. you're a public defender. Yep, which you're he not. He doesn't have to take this case. He's a private lawyer. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. So, at the mill the next day, Charles is like, this is real dumb and half the town hates you. Well, and Adam's all <laughs> lingering, hanging around his three-piece suit. Like, I'm a lawyer now. He is. And, like, hot Charles is working. Like, leave him alone. <laughs> I have... He now has a massive, I'm a lawyer and I can see chip on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so some rando comes up and he's like, oh, are you talking sense in your son-in-law here? And Adam's like, I'm taking this case, dude. This guy is menacing. He's like an angry version of Wimpy. And he walks away without buying his lumber. He's like, I'm not doing business with this family. Unbelievable. So later, Adam and Mary are in their room, and he's like, Mary, I think I could build a case for Mills. And Mary goes, do you really think he's innocent? And Adam goes, well, if everything happened exactly the way he said it did. Of course it didn't. Of so course it didn't. So basically, he's like, I can get this guy off if he's telling me the truth. Dude, you got to do your homework and figure out if he's telling you the truth. Right? You just can't take this dude at his word. Oh, this is glorious. I could watch this all day. I'm telling you. <laughs> 
Then someone throws some bricks through their window and they're screaming, go back to the city, city boy. City mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. They duck and Mary cries, hold me, Adam, hold me. She has no purpose in this episode. It's really kind of ridiculous. She has no purpose. So now we're in Sleepy Eye at the trial. And I wrote, this is amazing. Harriet's on the stand defending herself. Adam gets up and in a weird move, he starts shaming Harriet. Like instead of proving that Mills didn't do this maliciously, he now is saying, well, even if he did it maliciously, you should have caught it. You should have caught it. This is a real weird defense that no defense lawyer would mount. (laughs) So he's like, didn't, and now he has Mrs. Olson up there and he's like, didn't you think it was weird that Mr. Mills didn't have a survey done? Aren't you supposed to be a quote shrewd businesswoman? Don't you think you should have looked into this before the entire town invested in it? And then he says, isn't this woman judge and the other investors, whether through greed or sheer ignorance are just as capable no wow. that's not how it works <laughs> that would so, be like the sec like trying the average citizen for investing in like bernie madoffs yeah. that would be like taking all the grandmothers and grandfathers who invested yeah. in bernie Ma- well he ended up pleading guilty and didn't go to trial but say he did like yeah. that would be like you guys should have figured this out like mom right. and pa from like staten island like you should have well, known how this works notice the words that landon puts in there greed he talks about greed a lot ignorance okay yeah so now and i just wrote what legal precedent is this Um, because i've never heard of this before so now the prosecution gets a folder handed to them and they call mills to the stand and this broke down colonel sanders looks terrified oh i have that he's a broke down um mark twain yes he is much better i mean is there really a lot of space between mark twain and you can slide a piece of paper between mark twain and colonel sanders (laughs) so the da is like what are your plans for this money you keeping it and mills is like oh can we discuss wait can we discuss that adam is shocked that his client's getting called to the stand he's kind of like well Adam kind of just has like this shocked look at Dude, you should know your client's being called and you should know like he he does this later when they present evidence he's never seen. Like, what are you doing? I know, I know. So Mills restates that he had several investment opportunities that couldn't wait. Then there's some back and forth between the DA and the DA is like, Do you know a Mr. Thomas Hartcourt? Now, Gen X pro tip. You say no. When being deposed, <laughs> if a lawyer asks you if you know someone specific by name, they already know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> just admit it. <laughs> no, I think just say no. Be like, I don't know who you're talking about. So Mills like breaks down. He's like, okay, yeah, I know this dude. And it turns out he's a surveyor. And he had sent Mills a confidential report that the land was useless. Adam's like, I need a minute. Adam, <laughs> need a Adam. Minute. Not only didn't know that his client was getting called to the stand, he has no idea that there's damning evidence being submitted in court. Well, because they're not following rules of discovery. He's such like, a sucker. In a real trial, the the you prosecution have to the evidence, would yeah. have to share that with the yep. defense. Okay. Like Adam could object to, to this being used yes. at all. He should throw this evidence right out. Where He's did it lawyer. come from? Who yep. is this guy? What is the chain of custody of that evidence? Right. So Adam visits with Mills and Mills is like, 
I'm sorry, dude, but I did all this. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker, you were duped. You were duped, Adam. Shocking. So Mill says, I tried to get away with this. And Adam's like, you're looking at 18 years in prison. 18 years in prison. What would you get if you like murdered someone or raped someone? Probably like three. Three, maybe. Like you're going to get 18 years for taking people's money. Adam's like, maybe if you return the money, get a lighter sentence. And the dude's like, doesn't matter. And I immediately wrote, he's dying. Already he's dying. Yeah, he's, mm-hmm. it's easy mm-hmm. to tell. Mills is like, no, money's gone. I'm ready for punishment. I'm like broke down. Mark Twain just keels over and gives up. <laughs> he, I wrote, Mills just wants to rest and act all melancholy. <laughs> so later, Adam and Mary are talking about his huge failure. And Mary says, Adam, you can't blame yourself for what happened. Yes, you can, dude. You shouldn't have taken this this fucking case. He's like, this is my first case. And my client lied to me. And I'm like, he's going to hang himself, bro. (laughs) I thought he was suicidal. (laughs) That would have went pretty dark. Okay. So Adam's like, he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. He doesn't seem to care. Now, knock, 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 rando family shows up. (laughs) Rando family and another doctor. Yeah. So a doctor shows up with Mill's wife and son. Now, no one asked for any identification. Nope. The doctor's like, look. I mean, to be fair, someone knocks on your door. Do you ask them for identification? If I'm going to admit their testimony in court, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There's a process Mm -hmm. for that. But they're just Mm -hmm. having a casual conversation at this point, Name. So doctors are like, look, this may be unethical, but I'm here to let it's you know. It's definitely unethical. <laughs> I'm here to disclose my client's medical history. I'm going to have to do a HIPAA <laughs> or privacy law index card at some point in time. So the next day, Adam stuns the courtroom by calling Mrs. Mills to dun, the stand. Dun, dun. This is, I guess these are the days where you could just spring evidence and witnesses <laughs> on the other side. Like, Could you imagine being a lawyer then? It's just like you know, it's like a Mar- it was like fucking Mari Povich show. We need to apply these rules to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. <laughs> I guess that like you had to be like just ready for anything when you were a lawyer back then. I guess. So Mr. Mills freaks out and stands up and he's like, "I'm a, I object. I'm guilty. I'm guilty." <laughs> I was like, sit down. So Adam asks her about the trial and she's like, I didn't know about it. But the bigger shock was that Dr. Ruddy came to her door and told her that Mills only has a few months to live. So now this man's chronic condition that's like going to end in death. What's that called? Terminal? Terminal illness. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's terminal illness has been disclosed for all the public to know. And all of Walnut Grove is sitting in this courtroom because apparently no one works. <laughs> so they have three children and they are pretty poor. But then her husband started sending her bank drafts. Where'd she think her husband was? I don't know. Because then she says he wrote her a letter that said my ship finally came in. And, you know, there's a town full of suckers that I found. <laughs> Johnny Cash. I, I ran into Johnny Cash at a church and he told me where to find this ship. <laughs> So Adam now addresses the jury and he says, look, I know this dude's guilty, but come on, guys. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. (laughs) Good. Don't worry. Mills purchased the land prior to the survey because he was desperate and it would have been too long to wait for the survey. Then he gets all, what would you do to feed your family? 
now the jury returns a guilty verdict. Well, duh, they had to return a guilty verdict. And I wrote, shocker, considering two minutes ago he stood up and screamed, (laughs) not guilty. (laughs) That was a tough decision by the jury. And so I have to say there was two moments where like they had crowd noise, like the courtroom was stunned. Mm-hmm. And it was when he called Mrs. Mills and then it was again here and they used the same track and you can very distinctly hear a woman saying, I know, I know, I heard that. It's <laughs> so weird. It's just some know. like stock track. They yeah. Bought. Yep. yep. So the judge announces, Jen, that he had had a meeting in his chambers with Mrs. Mills and several citizens of Walnut What Grove. the fuck? This would never happen. And this would the, never happen. That the citizens of Walnut Grove had made some pledges. And they said, if Mrs. Mills agrees to return all the money that's left, which I'd be like, I'm going to go buy a uh, uh, MacBook real quick. <laughs> um, Mrs. Olson pledges employment for your wife in exchange for room and board. Baker offers free health care. Jen, do we ever see Mrs. Mills working in the store? No, not ever. Nope. Nope. nope never, never again. Mm-mm. So the judge announces, no sentence, you're done. Yep. Okay. Everyone go home. This was fun. So after the trial adjourns, Davis comes over and he's like, I want to hire you, Adam. And Adam's like, nope, Mary's my partner and we're better off alone. And I just wrote, what the fuck did Mary do besides doubt him the entire time? (laughs) Nothing. She didn't take notes. She didn't take notes. We didn't see her writing anything down. Nope. We didn't see her de- deposing witnesses or sending sending the discovery evidence over to nope. the other side. No, nothing. didn't do that. Nope. nope, nothing. Okay. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> Whose fault is this? It's the U.S. government's fault. And Adam's. It's, Jenny, this is Adam's fault. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. Nope. I mean, what a fucking moron. Don't touch this case. It's the U.S. justice systems. It's the U.S. government's fault. They should, like, why are they just letting all this? Well, I mean, that was very much a mindset, though, of, like, if you get duped, that's on you. Yeah, true. But now they're getting into, like, instead of, like, basic crimes, like, they're getting into complex, you know, like, securities fraud, which you can't expect the average citizen to understand. Like, that's completely unfair. No. At the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on a theme or a lesson, something we took from the rewatch or from uh, when we first saw it. We think about how it impacted us as kids or as adults and, and how it figures into our life now. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? And did you remember this episode? I did not remember this episode. Okay. Um, my why for this episode, is this, why you need, this is why you need to regulate capitalist markets. <laughs> Yeah, Like, you can't just have runaway... Ca- like, I'm a capitalist. I know people think I'm not, or I could be a socialist, or whatever, or a communist. Dif- those are different things, first of all. Mm-hmm. But there's a good... Like, socialism's okay in some places. We have a in lot of socialism places. in this country. Yep. Like, your fire and police department are not private for-profit com- companies. That would be bad. Right. Hospitals are, uh, in most states, sure. socialized healthcare-ish. Not really. We don't have socialized healthcare here. Social Security, socialized healthcare. Yeah. Um, everyone loves it. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, they don't love it, but because it could be better. It. Yeah. But like, it's like if you took it away, there'd be fucking pandemonium. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Social Security, Medicare, all socialized things. It's healthy in certain areas of the, the place. Capitalism's fine. It's great. But you have to fucking regulate it because you cannot count on greedy yeah. motherfuckers. To police themselves. And we've learned this lesson over and over and over again. 
Agreed. Um, the other, I have another why too. Okay. This is why no one in our country knows how laws and courts work. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like the stuff that's out now is way more accurate and like actually I mean, teaches you about you, how it works. If, even if you watch Judge Judy, it's better than this. <laughs> don't piss on my leg and tell. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining, sir. <laughs> Get her on the Johnny Depp Amber. Oh my god, Graham loved Judge Judy. I mean, Graham was Judge Judy without a law degree. <laughs> To some extent, yes. Jenny, I have... This is why FDR remains one of the most important political figures uh, of all time. No I mean, question. No, no que- question. Like, I mean, if we didn't have the New Deal, if we didn't deal with all that stuff after the Depression, I can't imagine. We would be like Venezuela right so now. So let me tell you something. First of all, I learned something interesting in doing just some real preliminary research about what I wanted to know. We all kind of know what the New Deal is, but what I wanted to know is like, how did he get this passed? Right. So it turns out, like, he was the first president that the first hundred days became a thing mm-hmm. under him. And where that originated from is that he met with Congress every day for a hundred days. Wow. And he had, a like, several different groups that he met with. One he called, like, the Brain Trust, which was probably all old white men. And, you know, just various different groups. And... He really listened to them. Mm-hmm. And then he passed, he created the SEC, he created the FDIC, or mm-hmm. no, Congress passed that without his support. He created Social Security, he created yep. Medicare, he created like so many Unemployment, any, right? Yes, Wasn't anything we have. Any social Bef- safety nets we have, basically, before we have him new, to thank for. Before the New Deal, um, welfare or relief as it was called was kind of up to the states Mm -hmm. and what was happening is there were three million people unemployed and the states could the states buckled under the pressure like their budgets can't handle that kind of thing and even then they only provided some small like support most of it came from churches and charities for people so Anyway, one thing I want to talk about was, um, oh, his historians refer to the New Deal as the three R's, relief for the unemployment and the poor, recovery of the economy, and reform of the financial uh, system. But his choice, so amongst all this uh, listening that he did, he chose the first female Secretary of Labor, Frances Perkins, who greatly influenced his initiatives. And her list of what her priorities would be if she took the job was... A 40-hour work week, minimum wage, workers' compensation, unemployment compensation, a federal law banning child labor, direct financial aid for unemployment relief, Social Security, and a revitalized public employment service and health insurance. But they didn't pass all that then. They didn't pass all of it then, but, like, go Frances Perkins. Yeah, like, she understood what had to be done. Because the unions were largely responsible for the 40-hour work week. Yep. But she understood what needed to be done. Yeah, she laid it right out right there and probably no one listened to her. That was the vision. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, he created the Public Works Act, which put, I think, two million people to work. Yep. Like, he really saved this country. He totally did. He totally did. And so did his wife. She was instrumental in a lot of it. So, rah, rah, FDR. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Jenny. Um, so, we've covered everything. We covered Adam's slow motion humiliation, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> we covered your slap. We covered <laughs> my, my slap. New York. My alleged slap. So, why don't you tell everyone, what do we have coming up next? 
Uh, did we decide what we're doing now? <laughs> Every time I think of the slap, I think about that show. Remember the slap? It was short-lived. Oh, yes. I've talked about yes. this a million times. Brilliant Peter idea Scars. for a show. Is it Peter Skarsgård? Maybe. And he's at a birthday party, guys, like a kid's birthday party. This is so Jenny. And he slaps. I can't remember if he slaps his kid or somebody else's kid. He slaps somebody slapped. else's kid, I think. Mm-hmm. And like the whole show is about the fallout. It unravels. <laughs> oh, so interesting. Um, All right. What's next? We're doing season seven, episode 20. I do again. Oh, okay. Pregnancy symptoms hit both Laura and her mother, Caroline. Really, yeah. Caroline? It turns out Caroline is not pregnant, but as the beginning of menopause, as she sinks into a depression, her father's and daughter, her father and daughters, her, let me try this again. Her husband and daughters desperately try to convince her that they love her for the person she is and not the person she wanted to be. Wow. What the hell does that even mean? (laughs) Finally, Charles proposes that he and Caroline renew their wedding vows. I'm going to have a lot to say about this because how the whole menopause thing and how it's portrayed. And there's so much. There's so much. I'm going to have a lot to say about this, too. All right, guys, if you haven't already, please check out our Patreon. You can find it in the show notes, but it's also patreon.com. If you listen to the podcast, like on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, there is a way once you sign up for Patreon, you get your own RSS feed and you could put it into that app and we release all of our regular episodes on there too so you can just have one feed and you know makes it pretty simple so if you're thinking about taking the plunge it's a good time to do it we're only 10 away from amy's variety hour that's gonna be a whole thing oh jesus um so if you haven't also please check out our facebook group the mimi bees we're up we're like over 300 strong now yeah yep rah 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 All right, Jenny, anything else? Nope. I need to be dismissed. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I wish I could slap you from here. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to address that with Jenny. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.